Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Graham Lake and McLean podcast. Again, as you guys heard on Thursday, we're recording these episodes live and in person, looking at each other, which is so much different and so much fun. And we are here at the Senior Bowl. We have a few more excellent interviews. Mac, we were out of practice today. It was raining, <laughs> and I was sitting there with our producer, Richmond, who, who's also a hooper, thinking, Y'all are crazy. You football people are crazy. Can I just tell you what's really funny? People assume because you play a particular position, a la offensive line, that you love the rain, you love the <laughs> mud, you love being dirty. I hate it. So I'm right there with you. I, I was out of my element um, today. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a good teammate. I like to you know, help the team. I'm a team guy. Uh, Jordan Cornette. My host would do anything for him, did anything for him, gave him literally the jacket off of my back so he would have a raincoat. Number one, um, Shway, if you're listening to this, Shway Pepler Cornette, um, tell your husband to pack a raincoat. <laughs> uh, number two. Hold on, this is not Shay's fault. This is JC's fault. You know, I, she, she has grown to raise man, him. It's, grown he's man. still a child, I guess. Um, no, but it was fun. I mean, to, to be here, to be out there, to see these guys in person. But weather, certainly a... Uh, it was a factor, KG. I saw a bunch of guys slipping, falling, you know, quarterbacks, ball sailing a little bit on them. Um, so it's going to be really intriguing to, you know, I wish that we could kind of just be a fly on the wall with these coaches and scouts and just think, okay, you know, how much of weather factors in? We've got a wet field, all these different things. Or is it just, okay, let's just see how they react. Let's see attitude-wise who is hanging their head, who's, you know, frustrated, this and that. So it, it's very interesting to see, but uh, not the most ideal conditions at the Senior Bowl. No, not ideal. And even for us poor media folk, not <laughs> ideal. Pretty cold out there, even though Matt claims it wasn't. And Mac, this is something I've learned about the Senior Bowl this week. And you have this experience, I don't, but going to bowl games, you would practice, like you'd have practice every day, but you could do some more fun stuff. You'd have some things where you'd go do something in the community or whatever. And then some bowl games, you got to do some stuff after. I always thought the Senior Bowl was a little bit of, oh, you just, you're down in Mobile, you throw some pads on, you meet the guys, and you go play a game, and you get to eat a bunch of Reese's. And what I'm learning is so much goes into it with, first of all, they practice, but then they have all these meetings, NFL guys, but then meetings of different things that they're doing, meeting with the media. You're learning this whole playbook and learning this whole offense if, or defense if you're a defensive guy. This week is not the super fun, like carefree kind of week that I just assumed it was. And maybe I was just completely wrong, but I feel like some people have that view and they don't realize exactly what goes into this week. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, uh, it's, there's a ton of evaluation that goes on. There's a lot of tests that go on where you're just seeing, yeah, pressure and just see how are these guys going to react to this And, and fair, unfair. I mean, they're trying to put them in adverse situations. I mean, these guys got up and had to have media availability at 7 a.m. this mm-hmm. morning. That was after uh, that they ended kind of team interview meetings with personnel and, and various, you know, all 32 teams here represented. So they, they didn't get done with those until like 11 p.m. And, and so somewhere in between that, you also need to study and get ready so you can go and play. By the way, study an offense or defense that you have had one day of install, mm-hmm. and it's an entire NFL playbook. And those meetings that we're talking about, 
those teams might be throwing plays at you as well. So it's fascinating to see, you know, these conditions that these young men are in trying to chase this amazing dream. Uh, they'll do some fun stuff. I think Friday, uh, later today, that they're going and doing some community service. I think there's a couple of events. So this is actually an off day for them uh, the, the rest of Friday. But, man, hard work and, and really just, you know, epitomizing it and getting to that game on Saturday where you hope you can just go lay it out there and go have some fun. It's so much more than the game, which I don't think your average fan understands right. when they see that game on TV. But, yeah, it's it's a grind for these guys. And we saw this morning, we were also up at 7 for media, so, you know, <laughs> give us a round of give applause. Give us a little credit here. <laughs> it's also a lot of hard work for us. But there was a lot of guys kind of in the bullpen area, and you could grab one and talk to them. But for the most part, none of them, they were all just sitting there looking at their playbooks. They yeah. were all studying right. in that bullpen. And I, I told Mac, Mac, let's go grab so-and-so. And Mac's like, He's studying. I feel bad. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt bad. I feel Take bad. him away. And, uh, you know, they've got to figure it out because they, they want to put their best foot forward. And this is tough. It, re- it really is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game. Yes, I understand that. But, I mean, for, for a lot of these guys, up until this point, this is the biggest moment, the biggest evaluation of your young, hasn't started yet, NFL career. And so there's a lot on the line. Uh, but, you know, we've seen guys rise to the occasion and, and play really, really well. And it's, uh, it's just been really fun to see up close and in person. Today on our show, on today's podcast, we have Lasita Smith, offensive lineman from Virginia Tech, who I really enjoyed talking to. And the guy that's been basically the talk of the town this week in Mobile. It, and look, Kenny and Sam have done great. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on them and Malik Willis and all these quarterbacks. But the guy that we've heard the most about since we've been down here, Mac, is Jermaine Johnson. Yeah the defensive end from Florida State. So we have him on the show today as well. It's going to be fun to hear from him. Uh, just, just really explosive. He's the picture-perfect defensive end. But we're going to start with Lasitas, uh, a guy who I think may can creep into the fourth round. I think he is a solid offensive lineman. He's really great in run blocking. Uh, if, if he can get you know a little bit more smooth, a little bit more patient in his pass sets, uh, he, he's going to really have a nice NFL career. So it was really fun to talk to Lasitas. Let's dive into it right now. Lasita Smith, my man, one of the big uglies here today representing in the ACC. Do you like that big ugly? I did when I was playing. Do you like it or do you get offended by that? No, sir. I wear it with pride. That's right. <laughs> I wear it with pride. That's right, man. Well, listen, you, you are um, just a, a massive guy. When I watch on film and I, I try to, you know, we put guys in buckets and we try to think, especially when you're evaluating for the NFL, right? It's the best of the best. And, you know, I think one of your best characteristics are, I'm going to blow guys off the ball. I'm going to yes. be one of the best run blockers that's going to be out here. Have you felt you've been able to show that quite yet during these drills, or do you think that's still more yet to come? Honestly, I feel like I didn't do a very good job of showing it at all yesterday. Um, we were doing the one-on-one um, man blocking drills against the D-line, and I'm kind of crowding the line. And Coach telling me, oh, you can back off the ball a little bit. So, you know, I feel like I really wasn't getting my steps in the ground like I usually do, really wasn't a applying pressure and that force it was like I, like I was I was kind of stepping into that block and just trying to drive them once I latched on but trust me today I'm gonna back up a little bit and I'm gonna get damn near a running start that's excuse true. my language that's right. you're good I'm you're gonna good. get it going today I love the honesty from you Lasitas. we appreciate hey listen that. offensive lineman we tell you well, how it is well yeah. they do they do you people <laughs> um, but Mac we were talking with Jim Nagy and, and Mac was talking about those one-on-ones and yes. Jim's like yeah Really good opportunity for the O-line, D-line to, you know, get on those reps. And Mac's like, yeah, good for the D-line. 
saying that those drills aren't exactly it's cheating, great right? for the well, whole line. What do you it's think? It's cheating. Yeah, pretty much. Because they know, right? I mean, if I can be in a jacked-up rush stance every time and a man is going backwards, what do I expect to happen? Exactly. And then you have some of them lined up as a three, a really wide three-tech, and then they're getting so much width already. So, yeah, it's pretty messed (laughs) up. I mean, but if this, if it's what the media wants to see or the the scouts want to see, then so be it. We'll we'll play their game. But we all know in in the in-game situation, uh, it's not going to happen like that. Exactly. Exactly. And you've got your brothers beside you. Exactly. Traffic. We I move mean, as a unit. We exactly. move as a unit. It's not, it's not realistic. But as you said, as, as people want to see it, they want to talk about it. So really, uh, let's see this. When I'm looking at this week and understanding that, you know, as an offensive lineman, you are going to be put into adverse situations. What are you hoping to, to show this week to demonstrate that, you know, come Sunday when all is said and done, the tape's in, everybody can see, the scouts are looking, execs, et cetera. What do you hope that they say, okay, Lasita Smith, he did this at the end of the day? I really hope that they can see the improvement I'm, I'm going to make uh, throughout the week. Um, I hope that they can see that I can battle through adversity. Um, yesterday, I didn't think was a very good day for me at all. Um, I feel like I was just really feeling my way around, still really trying to get into that playbook and know what I'm doing when I'm out there so I'm not timid at all and hesitant. But like I said, I've been studying more. Um, I b- believe today is going to be a much better day for me. Um, so I'll, at the end of the week, I really hope they look at every practice and say, okay, he got better every single day. I didn't hang my head. Um, I guess, and I can admit, you know, it wasn't a good day for me yesterday, but I'm going to make sure that today is. Well, speaking with you, Lucidas, I can assume that you have been and will knock some of these interviews out of the park with the NFL teams and all that. I, I know it's early, so you may have not done that many, but what has that process been like? Oh, we've done it a good You've bit. You've done a lot. Um, okay, okay. You know, we have times where we sit down. I think we sat down for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, um, two nights ago. And we sat in the ballroom, and teams just came and picked you up and uh, came and grabbed you and had about a 15, 20-minute interview with you. And I met with quite a few teams. And, I mean, it was it's, it's really cool, to say the least. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's the end of the day. I'm a little tired, <laughs> but trust me, I could put on a smile. And That's right you know, show my good character, basically. Um, so I'm just happy to be here. I'm really blessed that teams even want to talk to me. I'm blessed that you guys want to talk to me. I'm really happy about that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's really cool. Really, really cool. No question, man. I think you're certainly making the most of this opportunity. And, and at the end of the day, character, uh, excitement, passion, that, that's all contagious. And I think that you're going to spread that you know, through these guys and ultimately make it better. Um, look, let's look back at the Hokies just for a second, and, and okay. you see some you know, changes that are happening there, and maybe a culture shift and, and leadership from the top, and you know, you're gone, Big Brock's gone, and, and Luke's gone. I mean, there's going to have to be a big-time wave of guys right. stepping up. Um, when you look at, at Virginia Tech for 2022, what, as, as an alum, as a proud alum, do you want to see from those guys moving forward? Honestly, um, we did lose a good bit of guys, a good bit of guys. Um, and I think at first it may be kind of tough um, with that new coaching staff. I'm not speaking badly about the coaching staff at all. I'm just speaking of the players we lost. So it may take them some time to get going, and I may be wrong, and I hope I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do still have some veterans there, Silas Janzi, um, Johnny Jordan, you know, some guys that still with that OL unit and just even at other positions, Dax Hollyfield still there. So we do have some strong leaders there still, just don't have as many. Um, but I think if not this season, um, maybe next season, 
they'll be able to pull it off and have a really, really great season. And I'll be there to watch it. That's right. <laughs> Anytime I can make my way back to Blacksburg, I will, especially to catch a game. So I'm rooting for those boys no matter where I end up. Um, yeah, go Hokies. We believe it. You're rocking your VT gear and you're proud. I want to ask you about when I think of Virginia Tech's season last season, the first thing I think of is that opener yes. against North Carolina. And yes. The, the videos that have gone viral for, for people who maybe weren't super familiar and they see that on Twitter and they're thinking, mm -hmm. where is that? That's Blacksburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. What was that game like? Is there a game that was louder for you in your career than that one? I do not think so. Okay. I do not think so. Um, I had a few teams ask me about that, um, kind of ask me about the season and how you know it started out and everything like that. And it was very, very electric. That game was crazy. Yeah. Um, a player here, I forgot who said it, but one of the guys, the other prospects here said to me, he was like, man, you ever been in the middle of a game where it was so loud that it almost seemed quiet? And that's, it sounds crazy, but that's what it was like, I guess, because I was able to tune it out. Um, but it was, it was really, really loud. And you could tell because I feel like that was an advantage we had over at UNC. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember one of the first days here, I saw Sam and one of the first things he talked about was that game. <laughs> you know, I said, he was talking to Sam, and he was just talking to me and Amari about that. And it was it was a very, very electric game. Uh, just the other day, I was on the elevator, and one of the coaches, uh, I believe from the Jets, he was like, man, y'all really be having the stadium jumping down to Blacksburg. I always wanted to experience that, you know, walking through that tunnel and coming out. So he even said that to me and uh, Amari. So, I mean, this is really electric. That's right. People know what time it is when they head to Blackburn. So loud, it's quiet. Yeah, Hokie Nation. Is, Listen, we, we were there for the Notre Dame game. We saw uh -huh. it in person. Um, it's unbelievable. So the Hokie, Hokie faithful bring it. But let's see, this is so much fun. Thank you very much for your time. Good luck the rest of this week. Thank you. Man, that was so much fun hearing from Lasitas. Just really, I mean, a great interview. It was it was really fun, and and how humble he is, KG, and talking about that first day. That man, he he just didn't feel good. I will tell you guys, he bounced back nicely. Um, especially when we were watching him on Wednesday, uh, did did a great job getting his hands on guys, being very physical. Uh, inside run drill. There was a couple of touchdowns ran, touchdowns, quote unquote, whatever you want to call those. Uh, ran right behind him. That was it was just impressive. So Lasitas really bounced back, like he's told us uh, that he would. Very impressive to see. I had no doubts. I was super impressed <laughs> with Lasitas, and and you can tell that he's going to really impress NFL teams in those in those meetings and those one on ones. And I loved what he said because I asked him about the Virginia Tech North Carolina game, and he said he's had some scouts and others ask him about that and just what it was like. And that was one of our first college football games back post-COVID, where the stands were packed. That video with Inter Sandman was so cool. And it went viral because, weirdly enough, I feel like people forgot right. what it was like to right. be in a packed college football stadium. And when he said it was so loud at that game that it was quiet. It's crazy to think Have about. you ever had that experience? Uh, yeah, 2011 Auburn, when we played Auburn at home. Okay. Clemson. You know, you remember Cody, Cody Sensiball had that huge pick yes. uh, to seal the game. And it was just like... You couldn't see, you couldn't hear. It was so loud. I would love to know what the kind of metric was for that, but it's an amazing feeling when you get something like that. And just to hear it, and the crazy thing about Lane Stadium, it only holds like 60,000. Mm -hmm. It's not a 100,000 packed stadium, but those fans are nuts. They're crazy. And we kind of talked about 22 and moving forward uh, with Lasitas, and, and you know, he has very limited insight, obviously, um, 
you know, about what this coaching staff and, and things that they're going to do. One thing that KG has to be a point of emphasis is home field advantage and winning with that. Yes. Because these fans have been doing their part. We were at the Notre Dame game where they were going berserk. They were changing the game for Virginia Tech. And then just on the field, they couldn't take advantage. They couldn't mm-hmm. do anything with it. So it's like, if you look at Coach Fuente's record while he was at Virginia Tech at home, it's terrible. I mean, the, the, the fact that home field advantage has not equated to wins is, is nuts because these fans deserve it. They're crazy. They're loud. Jordan Cornette says it's one of the loudest stadiums he's ever been to, if not the. And so it, it, that has to matter. You have to instantly, in-state recruiting, win at home. Mm-hmm. Those are the two biggest things for Coach Pry and this staff. You do that. You're going to be just fine. I agree. You have to help out your guys and the, no, you have to help out your fans is what I meant because the fans are helping out the team. There's no doubt about it. Let's talk about Jermaine Johnson, who, like we said, has been the talk of the town and he is an impressive dude when he just walks up to you. (laughs) You're like, okay, all right. He's the kind of person you see him walking down the street and you think, that's a professional athlete. I don't know exactly what sport he plays, but that's a professional athlete because he's big enough to, you'd think, okay, maybe that's an NBA guy. Right. He's big enough. Now he's a little thicker. I don't know how many <laughs> NBA guys would look like that, but he has, he has really showed out in these drills and these practices. He, he really has. And he's caught a lot of people's attention. It seems like anywhere you're scrolling on Twitter, when his team is on the field, uh, they're talking about him. And, and of course he's with the lions uh, coaching staff and that team and able to do really fun things. But just just talking with him, it was so impressive. You know, we did a, a couple of interviews with him during his time at Florida State, and you just got a sense that this guy's all business all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was fun kind of hearing the fact that, you know, he didn't want to he didn't want to yeah, leave Georgia. I, that was interesting. I didn't know that. I'd never heard that. And when he said, I'm not going to Florida State. Right. But I mean, Norvell crazy. was so persistent. Yeah, so persistent. And, and at the end of the day, just seeing the opportunity, wanting to make a difference. And he's, he did that. Mm-hmm. He absolutely left his mark on Florida State, and that place was better yeah. uh, than he found it when, when he left. And so really impressive to talk with him. Y'all are going to like this one particular part when he talks about his play. We'll talk about it on the other side. Let's get to Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson, terror in the ACC, man. It has been a pleasure, number one, to watch you all season long. Um, I want to start there. I want to start with Florida State and you making that decision. Obviously, I think you'd make that 10 out of 10 times. Just walk us through, number one, that process and why ultimately you chose Florida State. You know, once I figured I, I had to come back uh, to do another year of college, it then was, do I stay at Georgia or do I try to go to a different program? And mainly it was just the fact that I wanted uh, a team to really get, you know, the whole Jermaine Johnson or at least what I thought I, I was. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't really uh, do that and give that to my team at Georgia just because, you know, I wasn't really on the field as much, you know, as I wanted to be. Um, so, you know, I thought hard and it was one of the hardest decisions to leave Georgia. Um, I love those guys. They love me. Um, coaches and I still have a great relationship. I'll always be a dog. But it was one of the hardest decisions to leave. But, you know, I did. And, you know, I had no idea where I was going. Uh, everybody was calling me left and right. And, um, you know, it was like, it was like the recruiting process in uh, junior college for me all over again, but it had to happen in like a week. Right. Mm. Um, so, you know, I had to be real critical. I had to think about what I wanted. And basically, uh, Coach Norvell was calling my phone, you know, 
all day, all night. You know, I wasn't answering. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to FSU. Playing hard to get. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I, I'm not going to FSU. Right. But then, you know, he called me, and the more he talked, and the more he made sense, and the more I thought about all the greats that came out of there, you know, that, that place is, is uh, historically great. And, you know, it was great to pour into a program like that and, and try to get it back to where it once was. When I hear, we had Jim Nagy on, who runs this bowl, of course, and, and talking about you, we asked him about you. He said, relentless motor, never takes a playoff. Where does that come from for you? I guess just kind of my process. As you know, my process is, uh, my journey has been quite long, and uh, you know, I've been pretty much everywhere. Um, so it's just kind of how, how I go about life, very uh, relentless, and uh, I don't take no for an answer. So you know, it's just part of me, and I guess that translates to the field. I think it translates uh, very well. Um, it, it was it was very fun, as I already said, to watch you this year. Clemson in particular, you had a massive game. And just seeing the way that you explode off the edge, such a dynamic pass rusher, where do you feel like your best attribute is? Do you feel it's the motor? Do you feel it's it's your skill set with your hands, your footwork? If I'm drafting you in the first round coming up in April, why am I choosing you? I guess, to be quite honest, if I'm an O-lineman, if I had to look uh, from a different perspective, you know, you can really tell uh, what a guy does best, you know, speed, power, whatever that may be. I feel like with me, you have no idea, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, and that you know, puts a little fear into an offensive lineman, especially if I'm I can. kind of scared. He was like looking at my soul over yeah, here. I'm yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Max, now he's being <laughs> taken Former back. offensive lineman taking over, but I, I, I feel you. You know, so, um, I mean, if, if a guy can beat you inside, spin, uh, put you on the ground, you know, that's kind of different than a guy that just has to run the hoop, right? So, you know, I try to be well balanced in every part of my game, uh, play the run just as good as I play the pass. You know, um, at Georgia, they taught us you got to earn the right to rush the passer. So uh, that's what I do. I play the run and I earn the right to rush the passer. That sounds like Georgia. That doesn't surprise me there. Uh, okay, Jermaine, when you walked up, one of my first thoughts was you had to have played basketball. You had to have hooped. I played one year. Okay. That's yeah. it? In high school? Yeah, well, yeah. Really? What kind of hooper were you? Uh, I was all right. I was real raw. I didn't, you know, I still had a ton of work to do. And, um, you know, the varsity coach would, would always try to get me to come back out. And I come wonder back why. Out. Yeah. Um, I remember one day in practice, I wasn't even on the team. I just saw the guys were practicing. I walking in the gym and, you know, I was just dunking, like not a part of the team. And they like, you know, the varsity coach just, you know, he tried to get me to come out for basketball all the time. But, um, you know, I thought about it and I just, uh, I had, you know, I had a, a better st- foot forward in football already, you know, just sticking with that. And, you know, I had a better passion, uh, more passion for it. I love that, man. Before we let you go, I want to ask you one last question about yesterday in practice. Uh, practice is ending. You are called out by the head coach of the Detroit Lions. I, th- I think that that is a extremely positive thing. I think that that's our best. This is their best. Right. The very first snap, you put the guy straight on his butt. Killed a man. Um, what does that, <laughs> literally, uh, there, was, there was outline, there was a chalk outline. Uh, what does that say for you? What does that mean to you to kind of be identified as, okay, you know, I'm, I'm an alpha here? Right. Um, I mean, like I said, my journey pretty much uh, defines me and it kind of built who I am today. So you got to you gotta um, answer the bell. You know, you got you to gotta come when your name is called. And, you know, I kind of already knew I was going to get called. So as soon as I knew an old lineman got called up for one-on-one, I, I already put my helmet on and you know, I strapped it up. Um, so I just knew it. It's just who I am. I'm a team guy. Um, I, I don't like letting my team down uh, in any way. So, you know, I knew that I had to beat this guy or I didn't do my job. 
expect greatness. I love it, man. Jermaine, thank you so much. Good luck the rest of this week. Great talking with you. Yes, sir. Likewise. I am petrified. <laughs> and you called me out because I was. Mac looked scared talking to Jermaine. I was Jermaine. scared. When we asked him, what's you your, flashbacks yeah, to what, what what's your been? best attribute? And he kind of spelled it out there for us that the fact that he can do everything, that you don't know what he's going to do because he's the picture perfect defensive end. I mean, yeah. he's six foot five, 260, runs like a deer, jumps out of the gym, and can go straight through your face if he wants to. Uh, the power that he has. And that, that is what has shown up time and time again. He can beat you with speed. He can run the hoop. He can go inside. He can spin. He can bull rush you. I mean, it's it's incredible to see this skill set. And I think he's made himself a lot of money. I mean, I truly do. I think that it was maybe tweener, early second round, late first. I think he solidified that he's going in the first round. Does he remind you, I just thought of this, does he remind you of a guy that we had on the podcast last year? Do you see any parallels between him and Gregory Rousseau? Um. No, Jermaine is so much more polished. Okay. Like, well, in terms of their type, like they're, yeah. they're, I mean, they're taller, but thicker. Like you could say, okay, that's an NBA player kind yeah. of look. Yeah. I, th- I think that just how raw Greg. Right. He was more was, of a raw process, but he was a first rounder. He, no, no question. That's kind of my no point. question. That's like oozing with talent. This yeah. guy, you're right. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I think they're, they are different. Um, you know, Greg, Greg still has so much more to learn. I feel like you put, you put Jermaine in there, and he's ready, ready to go. Ready to go, yeah. He's, he's just ready. Yep, you know, it doesn't have to be situational. It doesn't have to be, you know, okay, you, you're going to do this. Go do everything. You're a three, four down, whatever many downs we play. We want him on the field. Now, what's going to be very interesting and intriguing is, does do people want to try to change him at all? Mm. Do they want to maybe say, okay, let's see you in coverage. I didn't really see any of that. I think he has the ability to do it, which maybe is foolish, but, you know, Keep him at a true defensive end. If he goes to a 3-4, if they try to make him an outside linebacker, kind of like Jalen Phillips, that's what I think the comparison okay, is. Okay, okay. The Miami player from a year ago that also first-round draft pick. Yep. I think that's the comparison. I think he and Jalen Phillips are very, very similar. Okay, I like that. Yes, that makes that makes more sense to me as well. I was just trying to think of, and we had Gregory on, and he was great. <laughs> and he did work his way into the right. latter part of the first round. The way Jermaine's playing – that may be higher up right. in the first round. Exactly. It's going to be really fascinating to see. Can't wait. Uh, guys, the Senior Bowl is wrapping up. I mean, we're playing a game tomorrow. It's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, we will actually not be here. We'll all be going home. KG has TV. Richmond, our producer, has TV. And I will just be at home sitting with my fingers crossed. So we'll see. What <laughs> I can't wait to see it, though. It's going to be a ton of fun. We do have some fun news. Monday, yes. we have a loaded episode, KG. We have a huge episode. It is a quarterback episode. We are not going to hold back with the quarterbacks from you guys. We're giving them to you. Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell, we talked to them at the Senior Bowl. You will hear what they had to say on Monday's episode and perhaps a special guest as well. <laughs> That's right. Working on that. That's right. It'll be fun. And th- those guys balled out. I mean, it was great to see them all week long just to see the strides that they made get more and more comfortable in the offense was you know just very impressive and uh it's going to be interesting to see qb1 who's it going to be at the end of the day when the draft comes around we'll throw some thoughts onto that uh monday and maybe our special guest will as well so it'll be a ton of fun don't miss it but that's it guys for this episode another great one gramlich and mclean if you haven't already go over to itunes 
subscribe, follow our podcast, drop us a little rating, write us a review. We'd greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.